Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I just recently watched a documentary about Voyager 1. Voyager 1 is a probe that NASA launched into the universe September of 1977. So that has been over 40 years ago. And that space probe, Voyager 1, is now the farthest man-made object from Earth. Uh, Let's see, it's 13 billion miles away from the sun. And uh, they call that interstellar when you leave your solar system. And that thing has left the solar system. It's funny, I, uh, I decided to sit down and do some research on interstellar travel. So I went to Google and I typed in interstellar. And I, all I got was a bunch of stuff about the movie. Don't you hate when that kind of stuff happens and you think, really? Matthew McConaughey gets to now dominate this word it's it, this film is more important than the real thing we all love movies uh, movies are a wonderful reference point for everything that we discuss in life but come on you know the Oscars are tonight let's keep things in perspective shall we we get a little carried away sometimes with uh, the movie biz, especially the people making the movies in the movie biz, right? Let's let's remember that these are just, they're not real. They're pretend things. They're, again, they're wonderful, but let's get back to the, the point at hand. Voyager 1 is traveling at 10 miles per second. Now, we'll get back to that in a moment. Even at that rate, going 10 miles per second, there's so much space out there that they say, now that it's broken out of our solar system, the next cool thing it's going to encounter, it will encounter in about 40,000 years. You always love it when you're thinking about and talking about space, like throwing these numbers out that are just astounding. Every number is just mind-boggling. You can't ever comprehend any of these numbers when it comes to like space and quantity and uh, speed and all that but you know you have to do it in fact uh the the closest galaxy to ours and just you know and i'm not i know it's been a while since a lot of people have been in school here i mean so you have solar systems which are inside galaxies. So we are inside of a galaxy called the Milky Way galaxy. So we're not even close to being outside of of this galaxy that we're in. But the next galaxy over is two and a half million light years away. That's Andromeda is the name of that galaxy. So if you're traveling 186,000 miles per second, it's still going to take you two and a half million years to get to Andromeda. There's so much space that they say that someday they think 
Andromeda is going to collide with our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy. But there's so much space that when that happens, very few physical objects will actually collide. We'll just sort of slip through each other is sort of what it's going to boil down to. And that's why when you think about this craft, Voyager 1, that's hurtling off there through space, I mean, you you would uh, right off the bat think, well, what's going to prevent this thing from running into a rock or something? Well, apparently, <laughs> there's so much space, they don't even give a crap about that. They're like, yeah, this thing is going to be going out there for billions of years. There's just no chance it's going to hit anything. It's just it's too small and too much space. So that really does show you how amazingly unlucky you would have to be to have some kind of major asteroid or something happen to hit your backyard during your lifetime. Very unlikely. Could it happen? Hell yeah. Could happen any second. It's going to happen someday. But, ugh. Again, these are scales that always just boggle the mind. There was this one lady, this uh, one uh, NASA scientist in the documentary. And again, please excuse me for my my voice issues here. Like I told you before, as soon as I started getting my voice back, uh, now I have been doing so many radio shows. And I got this allergy stuff going on here. Ugh, I can I can barely keep my voice anymore at this point. So anyway, this one uh, lady, she said, you can take a drinking straw and hold it up to the sky and look through it and just see the little section of the sky you can see through the drinking straw. And that little section of the sky has hundreds of millions of galaxies. And each one of those galaxies has hundreds of millions of stars, hundreds of millions of planets. And that one little section of the sky, which just looks black, looks dark to the naked eye. So yes, you can't imagine this stuff. So why even try? That's why... Even mainstream scientists now do not discount the idea that there must be some life out there. I mean, we sent Voyager 1 out there with a golden record on it with information about humanity just in case aliens ever find it. Um, And the gold record has, you know, Pictures of people, uh, drawings of us, it has mathematical formulas, Um, it's got all kinds of cool stuff, including, and this is no joke, including the song Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry. Now that is, that is a hell of a good song. We can all agree that is a hell of a good song. But I would say that we need to elevate Chuck Berry's status even more. We already knew that Chuck Berry was the real king of rock and roll here, but if you're the guy that they send off 
to represent rock and roll to aliens i you know that's a that's a category unto itself he needs some kind of super statue somewhere i think for that so anyway and and by the way i never knew chuck berry but he must have been a very humble man because if that were me if they sent my shit off into space to represent all of humanity like nasa did that I would have probably like pointed that out a little bit more about myself. If you know, what do you do? What do I do? I'm I am the person who represents Earth to aliens and rock and roll. So anyway, let's get back to what's important here. I mentioned that this thing is flying, this Voyager One, which is communicating to this very day with NASA scientists. It, it's, a, it's a miracle that that's happening because it's so far away. The signal is so faint. They have these giant antennas that are picking up the signals from it. And it's traveling, again, at 10 miles per second. So it's going so fast through space that you actually could not see it. If you, and that thing could fly right by you and you wouldn't know it. Now think about that for a second. This is a man-made object that it is flying that quickly through space. Now, to me, that's significant because if indeed there are other species out there, other beings that have learn to travel through space not that they're necessarily taking the same route that we are because they could be folding space and using wormholes and all that but if they've whatever they've done if they've reached the point where they can travel from some far away space dimension whatever to get here then they are used to traveling really, really, really fast because they had to reach that point before they got to the point where they're at now. If, if humans are at the point where we can hurdle something off that's traveling 10 miles per second, they had to have passed that at some point in their development, and now who knows what they're doing, right? And I bring this up because it's a great example of what I was pointing out when I did my report last year on OUFOs. And I uh, began to realize more and more that we might be surrounded by these objects, these flying things, constantly. Like, there might be a whole traffic system overhead. But you just don't know it because they're going too fast. I mean, some of the most interesting footage I've seen of UFOs have been footage that has been slowed down dramatically. But you know what? That's still something that most people don't have. Is a camera that's a high-speed camera that's filming 25, 100,000 frames per second or whatever. You know? I mean, uh, there is a camera or a camera system out there. I think it's an MIT. I can't remember. That is so has such a, a high frame rate. In other words, it can slow things down so much that they actually have, have got footage, you can see this on YouTube, footage of light, 
like you turn on a light bulb and they can show you the light coming from the light bulb moving through the room. And again, light travels 186,000 miles per second. So we do have technology out there that can slow things down dramatically. But how many people are pointing that stuff at the sky and analyzing the sky on a daily basis, especially at certain potential hot spots? Puerto Rico would be one. Apparently, Denver, Colorado would be one. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go watch the video report that I released last year on OUFOs. Um, but it's possible that we are just absolutely surrounded by and bombarded by UFO, extraterrestrial, interdimensional traffic all the time, and we just don't see it because it's moving too damn fast. You know, why should we be so arrogant as to be like, well, hey, wait a second, we travel 55 miles per hour here because that's what's safe. So, you know, if you're, if you're going more than, say, 100, that's really fast. You know, We, again, how egocentric is it for us to scale everything according to our dumb little asses out there driving around or even flying an airplane or driving a race car or whatever, those speeds might be so ridiculously slow, and, and they would have to be in the eyes of a culture that is used to traveling through space. right? And so I want you to be mindful of that. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I try to do for myself is to constantly jar myself out of thinking of humans as being the reference point, the center of the universe for the rest of everything else that's possible. And um, I, I try to remind others of that, and I hope that you will do the same, because that is what will give you a more realistic, clear point of view. And so a lot of things that you may see or say that seem crazy are not crazy when you put them in that context. Same thing for me. I mean, there are a lot of people who would look at a guy like me and say, that that guy is, he, he's, he's just nuts or he's some kind of, you know, who knows the, the terms that people might use to describe my, you know, how warped I am. But in reality, what I'm doing is looking at a bigger picture. And when you look at the bigger picture, you realize that the human viewpoint is such an insignificant viewpoint um, that uh, you just can't be so arrogant as to believe that we should impose that viewpoint on what's possible out there. Another thing that's interesting, and I'll just point this out lastly here, they say that, again, Voyager 1 is the farthest man-made object, but that is, and here's, here's a little, just caveat, little side note, that is unless people from the future have traveled back here and done a bunch of other crazy shit that we don't know about that's way farther out there. I'm not saying I believe that that's what's happening. But I'm just saying, hey, you know, 
It's the farthest man-made object from this particular timeline. <laughs> How do you like that? Uh, that's why, yeah, a lot of the weird stuff that we see, people talk about aliens, UFOs, what? maybe those are just humans from the future, and they're doing all the interstellar stuff, and we talk about other cultures, and maybe there is no other life. That would be astounding, wouldn't it? But we know there are other beings, even if they are just ourselves from the future, coming back, looking like little weird things, zipping around, and little flying machine type craft. Um, There's still something out there. But where does it come from? You know, that's the thing. Like, we don't, we really don't know. Inner space outer space, interdimensional space. Uh, Are we ever going to know? You'll never know everything. Uh, You might know more. There may come a point where you get to uh, be part of a big revelation, you know, where you get to see some kind of collective acknowledgement that this has happened. Like, well, here's this species that's visited us. us Let's see where they're from. Like, where what is your story you know and give give the alien a microphone and he'll tell you but even then how do you know that this guy knows what he's talking about this alien he's just going to give you whatever he thinks is happening and that may or may not be correct either so yeah it it can make you want to scratch your brain sometimes but that's the reality and that's what it's like when you live in an infinite universe that's just expanding in all directions and when you get off of that little blue dot that Carl Sagan called Earth uh, well you just have no way of comprehending what's possible you know what this reminds me of it's possible that you listen to this podcast but you do not subscribe to my e-newsletter. Well, if you subscribe to my e-newsletter, you immediately get sent what I call a free good luck charm. It comes to you digitally, so you get it instantaneously. And it works. And it has to do with the universe. So if you are not a subscriber to my e-newsletter list, I want you to do that. If you are a subscriber to my e-newsletter list, but you need a refresher, then you can just go directly to freecharm.com, and that will help you out as well. But I hope that you'll go to joshuapwarren.com. That's joshuapwarren.com. Subscribe to my free e-newsletter if you're not a subscriber. While you're there, click around. There's a lot of interesting, crazy stuff to dig into. Um, check out my curiosity shop, click the link to my big event coming up in Las Vegas in May, oh boy, I'm getting more and more excited about that every day, and also, uh, remember, this podcast, it's always free, it's always short, it's called Joshua P. Warren Daily, click the red box on the homepage at joshuapwarren.com, right there at the top. And you can subscribe, 
or you can follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is posted. All right, I'm going to give my voice a rest. That's it for now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying curious, and I will talk to you again soon.